Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From the WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. While Jaden comes in with all that momentum, right, perfect for today's NFL, he draws comps to Lamar Jackson. Herm Edwards says he's Randall Cunningham. I'll take both, right? Drake May did not have great momentum down the stretch. He had three games that left you kind of scratching your head. He had a really good 2022, lost his coordinator, lost his top receiver. Excuses you can't make for a college quarterback. Some of the layups, the easy throws, he wasn't accurate and precise with. That's why Jaden Daniels is a second quarterback and Drake May goes three overall. So Jaden Daniels picking up steam. I feel like Patriots fans had kind of started to talk themselves into Jaden Daniels a little bit, right? Like, early on it was Caleb Williams and Drake May. Who do you like? Who's better? What if you can't get Caleb Williams or Drake May? Oh, my gosh, the horror of falling to number three. And then fans started learning about Jaden Daniels. He wins the Heisman Trophy. And I think fans started to say, okay, I'm comfortable with Jaden Daniels. Now Kuyper has him going two. Orlovsky says he'd take him one. We're going to talk to Tommy Curran coming up 30 minutes from now at 3.30. I think he feels like Jaden Daniels has a lot of hype coming out of the combine. And so maybe you can't get Jaden Daniels. So I would ask Patriots fans, if it goes Williams one, Daniels two. Are you okay with Drake May? Or... If Caleb Williams falls, are you pouncing on Caleb Williams at three? How do you feel about it? 617-779-7937. And furthermore, which of those guys is ready to play year one? And what do they need around him to play year one? Because it goes back into what Gerard Mayo said today, or said to Karen Garigian actually yesterday, but it came out this morning. He walked back his burn some cash comments. And it makes me feel less confident, Mego, they're going to be able to bring in a lot of receiving talent around this young quarterback. 84% of you, by the way, think ownership forced him to walk those comments back. You think he misspoke, Mego, right? I do. 7% say that. 8% think it's the lack of free agents, as we were just discussing. Another 1% say the cap increases altered the Patriots' approach. Uh, so you can continue to vote. At Jones and Mego, you can weigh in. 617 and I do think ownership told them to stand down on that one because they don't want to look like chumps when they don't spend. Thunder has spoken. <laughs> you know, like they just, 
they just bring back on when you and Duggar and it's like that was not burning cash guys that's just running it back with your four win football team so they told him to stand down is what I think that's just correcting past mistakes when you didn't extend those guys earlier you excited maybe maybe well, if you're uh, going to no, do that the, eventually. By the way, no, I'm not excited. Are you not excited about Mike and Wenyu and Kyle Duggar? Yeah, no, they should have done it earlier. Uh, it's an expensive course correction. Right. You could have signed these guys a year ago. You could have signed them in season. Uh, if you're afraid of losing them, you could have traded them for draft picks in the meantime. And maybe you did the worst of all worlds, which is let them get to free agency and then overpay them. Uh, so, again, you can jump in on all of this. What are they going to need around this quarterback to play year one? And who do you think is most ready to play year one out of these top guys? So I would say I think it would be Caleb Williams or Drake May. Uh, Jaden Daniels, as much as I just poo-pooed all the concern, like body weight concern over that, I do think he needs to get a little bit bigger. So it's purely he's just too lean. That's why you don't well, think he's ready have, to play your he, one. It's a double-edged sword, right? Because if you don't have an offensive line or your offensive line is very porous, and you have a guy who's a dual threat, so he can certainly run and create his own plays. He also takes a ton of sacks, and that scares me in the NFL for his size. So if I'm looking at who's going to play week one out of these three guys, Caleb Williams probably should. Drake May, with the experience that he has, probably should. Maybe his footwork is such a complete mess, like Dan Orlovsky says, and that does give me pause because of what we just went through with Mac Jones's footwork. But I would like to see him play. Jaden Daniels, I guess I give a little more grace to. Like maybe because he made such a jump from his junior to senior year in his senior season that I'd like to see him develop further. And I'd be, I know you don't buy into this, but between the uh, possibility of injury behind that offensive line and him trying to take everything on his own and put the whole team on his back and basically stagnating his development that has just skyrocketed, I would sit him. I, I'm i not taking a guy to sit. Again, if you want to talk me into two games, three games, four games a month. But what's the point of that? No, it's fair. But just the point is he'd like, still is play. Like, is he going to put on 30 pounds no, a month? No, but fine. He needs to sit for a couple of weeks. Fine. I'll, I'll meet you in well, the middle on that. he has, like, a gland problem. But the difference is, Mego, he plays 12 or 13 games as opposed to zero. I mean, that's a big difference. So he's playing in year one. And so, look, Buffalo did not play Josh Allen right away. They played him as a rookie, but I don't think they played him until week six or seven. And, you know, Josh Allen maybe wasn't purely ready to start. I'm guessing they could have started him week one. They chose not to. And so that idea, fine. Lamar Jackson didn't start until, like, December of his rookie year or, like, Thanksgiving of his rookie year, something like that, off the top of my head. I've looked all these up in the past. He played year one. And so I'd like the guy playing before both Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson got in there. But fine, at least they played year one. You know what they are. I would hate, hate to get through another year where they don't burn cash in free agency, they play some bum at quarterback all year. Brissett, Minshew, who I kind of like, <laughs> Joe Flacco. They play them all year long. And then you get to next offseason, you drafted Jaden Daniels, let's call it at three, or Drake May at three. You're another five-win team with another high draft pick, and we haven't seen the quarterback play. I would hate that. I, I want to I know, for my own peace of mind, I want to know what the kid looks like. I want to know. P E A. Yeah. No, 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 no. P I E C E. Unlike, uh, unlike Dan Orlovsky and his pocket piece. I would, I would use pocket presence. Dan is probably the word I would use moving forward, not pocket piece. He was saying like, be calm in the pocket. You little... the best pocket piece. I didn't realize. Is that one of the things they're measuring at the combine? Because I would watch. 
That's got to be. You got to do that in a safe harbor. You got to. Right, we that. got hand size done. All right. Let's let's see if uh, that old wives' tale is, is true. Why is this room so cold? Rich Eisen after dark. Yeah. No. It's it's uh, what, it's so cold in here, guys. Who's got the best pocket piece? Somebody turn the heat on in here. I was in the pool. I was in the pool. <laughs> I was in the cold tub. I was in the cold tub. So. No, look, I want to I wanna know. Selfishly, I want to know. the t- You can tell me whatever you want to tell me. Patriots, Alex Van Pelt, Gerard Mayo, Elliot Wolf, Robin Glazer. You can tell me whatever you want. Oh, he's oh, he's developing beautifully behind the scenes, and we have him on the right track, and we love what we're seeing behind the scenes. I want to see it. I want to know what the kid looks like. So he better play your one. Just and if, to- if it's not until October, so be it. That's the difference. And to tag on to that point, like if we're following the Packer way, like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers didn't play right away because he had a Hall of Famer that they were still Correct. trying to figure things out with. And the same went for Jordan Love when he was there. Had a Hall of Famer he had to wait a couple years for. If that's the plan and we're going to follow the Packer way, you got to let the fans know who is he developing behind. Like, do you feel great about your year one quarterback learning at the, you know, uh, following in the path of Gardner Minshew? I'm not saying they're bad quarterbacks, but as far as like developmental pieces go, probably not. I think there's more merit to doing what Houston did if we keep using them, where you go and you have a young quarterback, but you also have a competent case keenum like guy that's going to sit there and show him where you're going to go right and where you're going to go wrong and let the kid learn and fail and succeed in real time instead of being like well you're going to wait you know nine games behind joe flacco like that doesn't help anybody is there a veteran quarterback you like not really that's None? available i like kirk cousins like i just no, think no, he's going to be too expensive for, for what ryan is saying like if you're drafting a quarterback at three you're not also paying cousins i don't i don't like no. jacoby that, Brissett. that's what i'm saying you want Brissett? I, I, think- I want jacoby Brissett. I think Brissett would fit well. Like, I think he would fit well. I don't think Flacco, if you're taking Daniels and you want him to sit an entire year, I have a hard time seeing Flacco playing an entire year. But maybe this is part of Alex Van Pelt being here and saying, I can work with, like, three different quarterbacks in one season. Minshew basically did it last year. Right. You know, Richardson played the first four games, like, in reverse of the plan that I want. backups. That's why it's hard to sit here and go, they're going to start the entire year while you try to get your guy ready behind the scenes. Okay, but let's not pretend the Colts had a ton last year, and Gardner Minshew went 9-8, and and they almost made the playoffs. Or you know the Colts went nine and eight right, and started would, all those games and they would, they didn't have a ton. But would he be? Would Gardner Minshew be playing if Anthony Richardson doesn't get hurt? And also to what you were saying earlier, Jones, like if you want an authentic quarterback competition, how great are you going to feel about the draft pick if the kid can't beat out Gardner Minshew or no. Joe Flacco in training? Agreed. Camp? But so I'm not going to feel great about that. That's my that is my personal plan. I don't know if that's the Patriots' plan, but my personal plan is sign Minshew. Sign Brissett, sign Flacco. It's a quarterback competition with the number three pick. And whoever wins, so be it. But by October 1st, call it, the rookie should be playing. Uh, real quick, can I hear Phil Perry on Jaden Daniels? This is uh, another concern about his frame and running himself into some big hits. The biggest issue for NFL evaluators with Jaden Daniels is how much is he going to weigh? (laughs) That's one of the biggest storylines, believe it or not, here in Indianapolis because it's very clear the way he's built. He is a wiry guy, and even though he's tough, the amount that he likes to run, when he's pressured, generally speaking, he scrambles to run, not scrambles to throw. And when you're 200 pounds even, maybe, maybe even slightly less than that at 6'3", that can be a problem at the NFL level. You might break. Okay, we need to champion him more on this. Like, oh, he's too skinny. 
Like this show, this show, Mego needs to champion this. This is our cause. This is our skinny guy. Yeah, Jaden Daniels is a skinny. This king. is our skinny king. Skinny king. Look, I'm usually in on this. Okay, I was in on this with Tycon Thornton when I was doing quick slants. I took out a jar of Nutella and started smearing it on my face, like eating it, saying that Tycon Thornton could bulk up, and this is how. But he I didn't take your advice. Here, is that why I he's a bust? Can't sit here and pretend like uh, can't sit here and pretend like it doesn't concern me. Because it's true. He's it does a, not concern me. He's going to put himself in. You, you talk about the situation with Anthony Richardson. Okay. Yeah. Then you end up with Gardner Minshew playing all year because he's hurt. Like it, that could very well happen with, with Jaden Daniels. And then maybe you don't care could. about a loss season. Look, Bryce Young sucked last year, but Bryce Young's frame was a big concern. He played 16 games. So like he's 5'10". He was 204 or whatever. Like Bryce Young played basically every week last year. He missed a game in there, but basically he was out there. He stunk. So I'm not, I'm not talking him up for like having a good year. But if you were concerned about him breaking, he played every week. Let's be clear. He was more consistent than Christian Arcan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He, he showed up every week. Good work ethic. Superior work ethic to Arcan. Cheap shot. So I I am not – I just have Jaden Daniels a rung below Drake May and Caleb Williams. But it's not because of his frame. I just felt like those two guys were on their own tier and Jaden Daniels is the third best quarterback in the class. And I felt that early. And I still feel that way. It has nothing to do with his frame. You or feel his, like he's too new. He just showed up. No, I just look. I, I'm I'm all on team feet. I want a mobile quarterback, but I think the other two are both mobile and they throw it better. I just think they throw it better than him. And in the case of both of them, they have stronger arms. Like I I I feel a little better about their ability to fit it into a tight window than Jaden Daniels. I think they throw it better. So if they're all mobile, I want the guys who can also throw on top of it. As team feet captain, are you worried about Drake May's gross feet now? Uh, no, no. Uh, Orlovsky's going to lecture people on their footwork. See, I like, feel like Drake, me, and me, we both have, like, that country feet where we walk around with no shoes on. Yeah, And you yeah, got, yeah. like, the really thick calluses yeah. on the bottom. Yeah, straw toes. hat. Yep. Chewing on a piece of straw. Exactly. Overalls. Nothing on underneath them. <laughs> that sort of thing. That's Drake, Playing May. a banjo. Yeah, exactly. Were... Blowing into jugs. You've got a pretty mouth. <laughs> exactly. Drake May's jug band. I'm into it. We could play this. We could play this at Patriots games. It's the new new touchdown song. Yeah, Brady used to come out to PSA, public service announcement. It's gonna be out to the banjo song for the delivery. Drake May runs out onto the field with this. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. We have Tom Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston standing by. We'll check in with him at three thirty first. Here's trending with Ryan Garth. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Breaking down the questions you need answers to. Why are there so many bad men? Why is there so much incest? You are listening to Jones and Mego on WEEI. I love it. I love it for a few reasons. Um, there is one big drawback to it, and I'll get to it. But when you look at what strengths Jimmy has, and I know there's cons, but he's accurate, mostly. He gets the ball out so fast, which you kind of need to do. Um, he is a tremendous teammate, which you absolutely have to have. He's in a prove-it season. Because of the injuries and because of the performance, he is going to be a low-cost option, which is desirable as well. So all of those things argue in favor of plus it's a good story to bring people's eyeballs back. I think Jimmy Garoppolo could feel right at home here and have a nice summer. Have a nice summer, Jimmy. Tommy Curran, NBC Sports Boston. He was on with uh, Rich Eisen the other day. That's where he picked out Jimmy Garoppolo as one of these bridge quarterbacks. We're talking about a veteran they could spend on. Definitely a cheap option. Can't play for the first two weeks. So that doesn't help you if you want to sit the rookie. You're going to need another quarterback on top of that. I do agree with Tom that it would potentially draw in some eyeballs, like more eyeballs on the team. People like a good story. Jimmy Garoppolo's back here. People love a great dumpster fire. Okay, so like I I agree with him on that. People like eye candy. Is that a good? That's true. The female uh, demographic would go up. You're going to have to peel them away from Canales. I can tell you right now. In my household, there's one adult that would be watching every week with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's, <laughs> it's not me. So, look, I agree with him on that. I just That's not the right reason to sign him, right? Like, hey, storylines and interest. And while I believe in all those things and you want to be relevant, especially if you're the Red Sox or something like that, and you don't have the same interest in your sport that you used to have, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not the only way to get interest in eyeballs. You can get... I don't know, some actual talented players and, like, actual good players and not just guys who used to be here that fans kind of sort of know. But I I agree that would be a factor potentially in bringing Garoppolo back, just not a good one. Obviously, he's more of a known quality than who I'm about to say, but it would feel a little bit like in trying to get interest back, the move of bringing Cam Newton in, where Cam Newton went to a Super Bowl, now, he, I think at his highest highs was a better quarterback oh, yeah, than Jimmy MV, G was. MVP, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, that's not a perfect comparison. But when they brought Cam Newton in, it was so much like, oh, okay, now there's like some energy here. Okay, Cam Newton, let's see who he is. And I think there would be a little bit of intrigue that way with the fan base, but I don't think it would be the best football decision, especially because he can't play the first two games. Yeah, that would be a problem. And so we'll ask Tom about this. How many this. quarterbacks are you going to carry? Like, is it going to go zappy two games and then it'll go Garoppolo like five games? And then all of a sudden you've got your rookie you got out Nate there? Peterman coming out there for a couple, the periscope now. Yeah, I just, if you don't want to play your rookie, like if you're playing Garoppolo to play him or signing Garoppolo to play him rather, and you don't want to play your rookie, 
he seems like a terrible fit with a rookie, although, as I say that, Curran doesn't want him to take a rookie at three. He doesn't mm-hmm. want him to take a quarterback, rather, at three. He wants him to take Marvin Harrison Jr. or something like that, trade back and get more assets. So, And Jaden Daniels watches Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's like, oh, that's how you get hurt. Okay, <laughs> cool. Jaden Daniels looks at Jimmy Garoppolo. He's like, people are worried I get hurt. I mean, look at this guy. <laughs> guy can't. Guy, guy couldn't get through his, uh, I mean, last year. All he had to do, didn't he get hurt? Late last year, and it basically cost him a bunch of guaranteed money signing with the Red. What even happened? I forget. But, like, he's so fragile, and he breaks so easily that, like, guaranteed money that was supposed to be there, he couldn't even get guaranteed from the Raiders. There's going to be a turnstile on that pop blue tent. Could he not pass his physical? Is that what it was? It's like something like that. He couldn't even pass his physical. He's too beautiful for this world. It's true. Not a, you, you can't have everything, Jimmy. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can't have a beautiful face and, uh, and you know, be uh, be healthy. Uh Although I guess you some, can have, some people have disproven may, that. Like for me, I can't have big teeth and an upper lip. They cannot coexist. You can't have both. It's just, it would be too much. All of a sudden, and I'd be walking out there, I'd look like Julia Roberts. Look, people would be like, oh my God, get her off the radio. Look, you can't she have. She is beautiful. You can't have a strong arm and a pocket piece. Like it's just, that's not fair. You, <laughs> you, can't, can't, you can't have a cannon and functional feet. <laughs> Who's got the best pocket piece? Gross, Dan Orlovsky, Gross. Uh, so I Zeke just popped his head in, and this is something I was thinking as well. But he asked, have we have we even gotten Tom to – every time we ask Tom, he's like, I don't want a quarterback. Have we ever pressed him and said, okay, but fine, they're going to take a quarterback, so who should they take? Have we ever done that with him? I don't know that he's ever actually uttered a quarterback's name with us. Not with us, I don't think. Yeah. We haven't gotten that far. We've really been trying to pace this out because we have, like, two more well, months no, it's just, But every, every time we ask him, he's like, I don't want to take one. But, like, okay, fine, you don't want to take one. There's reporting today they're going to take one. So, like, who should they take? Hated it. So let's, let's try to get that answer out of him, along with Gerard Mayo and his spending comments. I just, I kind of like, I don't really like the Brissett idea. I, I like, and I just feel like Patriots fans, you know, Cadlick is one of these. We'll yell at Cadlick when he comes in at 4 o'clock. Patriots fans just know Brissett was here, and they're like, again, it's a good story. We know him. I'd way rather have Minshew than Brissett. I'd rather have Flacco than Brissett. I'd rather have Drew Bledsoe at this point. <laughs> like, Flacco does at least know Van Pelt's offense, uh, whatever that is. Not that Van Pelt called the plays, but, like, there's at least a working relationship there. So I half understand it for a veteran in the room. Brissett's jumped around, and Brissett feels like a good complimentary piece to a rookie, but I think they can do better. Uh, I'm not telling you he's a bad fit. I just I would prioritize some of those other names before. Your ideal, it sounds like, is that you'd have rookie in week one and Brissett's the backup, kind of mentoring. Yeah, but I would rather the backup be Minshew. I would rather the backup be Flacco because I think they're better. But, yeah, ideally the rookie's playing week one. The rookie is playing year one. He's playing week one. If not, or if he gets hurt, I just would rather have a better break glass in case of Brissett's not going to do anything. Like, can he play the position for a week or two? Sure. But if you need a month or you need the second half of the year, or I don't know, your rookie gets hurt in the first month like Anthony Richardson did last year, Gardner Minshew can fill in those gaps for the final three months. The Colts almost made the playoffs. So I I would rather sign somebody like that. I mean, if you're drafting Jaden Daniels, I I think if you're going to scheme, you know, a a more mobile offense for this team, I think Jacoby Brissett makes makes so So much sense. That's true. And especially if you are really concerned, I guess, about Jaden Daniels not sliding when he's supposed to slide. I would feel better about Jacoby Brissett Coming in and, and steering the ship and not running us into, you know, rocks or an iceberg or anything than some of the other guys. Okay, but there. again, let use Minshew as an example. Anthony Richardson was a run-first quarterback. Minshew was not. So did Minshew fit that scheme? Like, I, I'm not as concerned about that, to be honest. But if you are, then Minshew's not a stylistic fit with someone like James Daniels. That's, that's true. Uh, 617-779-7937. You can jump in there. We'll talk to Curran momentarily. 
Uh, meanwhile, our big question of the day is up at Jones and Mego. Uh, Gerard Mayo walking back his burn some cash comments. 84% think ownership didn't like the comments. And I do firmly believe that. I just wonder what took so long to get him to walk it back. And I don't have a great answer on that, Mego. Like, how many, how many times have we heard from Mayo since that radio appearance with Greg Hill? I think it was January 22nd. It's at least like another two or three times we've heard from him. Definitely two, because there's this one and last week's that he had on the record. Was there nothing else in between? I don't think so. Not that I can think of. I can't even think of any features that the he coaches said. coaches' introductions? Yeah, so that's what Mego's saying. Last week, he did that, and then he did the he did the combine. So maybe it's only been two appearances. So there was only one appearance in there where he could have walked it back, and that day they were only talking about coaches, and he wasn't asked about it. So maybe that's why. Maybe there's your answer. But it feels like it took him a while to walk it back. And again, he didn't he didn't really walk it he didn't really walk it back in the scrum. He walked it back in a one on one with Karen after the fact. To me is that he seemed to not want to have that message coming from a podium kind of situation so or we can't a play scrum. The, we can't play the audio. No, 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 no. Just like, no, like rather that's... have a conversation with a Karen's a really trusted reporter and that she's not gonna misconstrue anything. I know what's what's more trusted than just your own word. Like, why there's there's well, potential that it gets lost Jones, in translation. I know you would never do this, but sometimes people take different interpretations, and the person who I know, says do, the words don't like it. But I'll do that with a quote to Karen, just like I do that with <laughs> his know. own audio. So, but, yeah, like, I think he feels like Karen won't do that. Okay, but I'm still reading his quote from her. Like, I just I, that that is interesting to me. Why did he choose to save that for after the scrum, and he didn't talk about it last week? And why did it take so long for him to walk those comments back? And why is he walking them back? What does it tell you about the Patriots and their free agency plan? For more on this and the Patriots offseason, as the Combine rolls on in Indianapolis, we're joined by Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston on the Harbor One Hotline. He's brought to you by Drains by James. At Drains by James, they give a poop about your pipes. What's going on this week, Tom? Hello, Adam. Hi, Mego. Hey, what's up, Tommy? How are you? Oh, you know, we're doing pretty good. We're just trying to figure out what's going on with Gerard Mayo going from burn some cash and we're going to spend a thousand percent to now saying ah, you can't just buy everybody in free agency and seeming to pump the brakes and walk those comments back why uh why do you think he's doing that i think the comment itself was kind of tongue-in-cheek a little bit glib and he probably realized that yeah it's a little bit unserious and that's probably not the first impression i want to send out there because i think burn some cash certainly anyone hearing that would say whoa 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 but when you look at or hear the context in which he was uttering it, it was, again, you know, probably too glib by half for a new head coach to say it that way. And that would be my guess. I didn't talk about him direct, about it with him directly because I'm not an indie. Do you, do you think he did it on his own? Do you think, do you think he maybe got uh, uh, slapped on the wrist or bopped on the nose like Mego had to do with Killington last night? Do you think, do you think he was uh, told to walk it back, in other words? I don't know. I think that anybody, I mean, he's a smart guy, and maybe he saw the reaction to it and realized it certainly on his own. So I don't know if he was told to walk it back or not, but I think that anybody who would see the resulting outcry or the reaction to the comment, he might say, ah, maybe that that was a little bit overboard. So I don't know if he was told to walk it back or not. When you look at free agency, and I know we're still a couple of weeks away from it, but worth looking at the landscape, do you think it offers what the Patriots need on offense, whether it be tackles 
or the wide receivers. And that's certainly pertinent when we see some guys getting tagged right now. Yeah, I think that they can definitely do some damage in free agency. And I think that they can do some damage with their own free agents. And what Elliot Wolf was saying this week about weaponizing the offense and making, um, making it competitive it seemed to indicate that they could do that fairly quickly. So to me, that means you're looking at tackles, you're looking at wide receivers, you're looking at all the spots that they have yawning, gaping holes at, and those are included with their own free agents. They don't have any tight ends on the roster. So you have Hunter Henry. Do you re-sign him? Certainly he's you know a borderline top dozen tight end. Certainly not elite, but he would be a good signing for them. Does he get a raise? Where do you go in free agency relative to wide receiver? Is Calvin Ridley who you want? How will those guys succeed or do in a Patriots system and in the climate? All those things, I think, have to be climate, meaning the weather. You take a guy from Jacksonville and Calvin Ridley who played at Alabama and put him up in New England, how will he perform? So all those things have to be weighed. Tyler Boyd, do you want to go try and take a player like that? from Cincinnati since they're franchising T Higgins and they already have money tied up in Jamar Chase. So I think there's plenty of answers out there, but also that draft and develop, I think is significant too, that Elliot Wolf talked about too, where they're going to try and take players who they can get something out of really quickly and and develop them on the field. Uh, Tom, you have a series going, uh, I think you've gone through at least three positions, quarterback, wide receiver, and running back, if I'm not mistaken, and you can check these out Mm -hmm. at NBC Sports Boston. Uh, I've noticed you've prioritized all of those positions. You're grading them on a a scale of one through five. You've graded them all five, high priority, quarterback, wide receiver, and running back. Uh, What does that tell you, A, about how dire their needs are, and B, uh, where do you think they dabble in free agency with some of those positions? Yeah, the fives are just going to keep coming because <laughs> they they just – every position is high priority. You know, I looked at it, and people probably already have seen it themselves. You know, they have $58 million right now spoken for in offensive spending. That's total. That's 32nd in the league. Uh, whoever is first, and I can't remember who it is, might be New Orleans. It's 190. Might not be New Orleans, but they're top five. But – the Patriots only have $58 million allocated toward their offense. Now you can say that, well, that's because Bill was so thrifty. Bill wasn't so thrifty. The guys that he signed didn't work out. They didn't want Johnny Smith to wash out in two years. They didn't want play. They wanted players to succeed. They could have spent that money on, you know, a Jacoby Myers. They could have spent that money on a DeAndre Hopkins. They didn't. And the players that they have, you know, for instance, at, at running back, they only have one guy under contract who is a significant contributor unless you want to count to Michael Hasty, for instance, and that's Ramondre Stevenson. So they have to spend money offensively. Again, Mego asked the question, and I, would you bring Ezekiel Elliott back? I 1 million percent would. Would you go and look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Eh, maybe. Or, as you and I talked about just a little bit on text, would you go into the draft and, and take a guy like uh, the Oregon running back, Bucky Norris? Bucky Irving. Who was someone I met. Bucky Irving. I like Bucky Irving. Uh, His friends call him Bucky Norris is what they do, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a space running back who is 5'9", unbelievably sudden, and they just have not done anything to replace that position since since James White left. They used to have a stable running back that would be a bell cow back. Um, 
a back who could be a hybrid, which Ezekiel Elliott can kind of be, and then their third down back. Now they have kind of two redundant bell cow backs. So going back to free agency really quick, because I I think that by all accounts, like I'm very optimistic about the talent in this draft, but since free agency is coming up first, is it realistic to think that they can land elite talent, elite talent on offense that they've been lacking over the last couple seasons? I don't think that that's the way they want to do it. I think that they absolutely understand that they are forced in some ways do that but what what do we consider elite talent i mean if like say we look at amari cooper as a you know borderline elite player at the wide receiver position he's not available but who else is calvin ridley michael pittman who the team in indianapolis says they're going to definitely retain there's not a lot of elite talent wandering around at the skill positions that we're talking about um so again elite elite you're going to pay through the nose for it, and you don't have a, a quarterback. If you want Jacoby Myers, excuse me, if you want uh, Jacoby Brissett, you know, you're probably in the 7 or $8 million range per year at least at the quarterback position, maybe even more. I'd have to double-check what his contract was for last year. But, you know, they're going to have to spend a lot, and they're going to have to spend kind of a, a suck tax, as I've been calling it. They were 4-13 and 13 last year. And they have to convince players to come here. You know, the NFLPA survey doesn't help them. The 4-13 and record doesn't help them. The seeming uncertainty from outside the organization looking in as to exactly what you're going to be doesn't help them. State income tax doesn't help. Weather doesn't help. Millionaire's tax doesn't help. So whether elite players who want to win, and I talked to Brian Hoyer today. It was really good. And he talked about, you know, the draw in free agency that evaporates with Tom Brady not here, it's it's the opposite of Tom Brady now. You actually have to overspend to get players to come. Okay, it's a suck tax. I like that. We can uh, we can start using that here. Uh, you mentioned the NFLPA uh, team report. Patriots did very poorly in that. You just said that's a factor uh, for them. Uh, why and how relevant do you think that is with free agency two weeks away? I think it's relevant because players are going to look at, okay, well, what's my best situation? When I have two offers on the table from two different teams and the agent presents them to me and we talk about where I want to be. How do the Patriots compare to the Jacksonville Jaguars? For instance, if you're Calvin Ridley and there's no state income tax in Florida and you're with a quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, who's entering his fourth season and it's a team that's been to the playoffs and you understand what it's all about. How do the Patriots roll, you know, relate to the Jacksonville Jaguars and those different things What's ownership like, well, I, think the crafts look they got to do something because either and, and i'll i'll say this as i look at this either i'm incredibly naive and believe everything that they say about or the players are a bunch of whiners because then the truth is probably somewhere in the middle but i i can't believe that the organization is that poorly run to, to allow themselves to have an f minus in Family, what was it? Family comfort or family accommodation? Yeah, it was. Uh, I can get you the exact wording on it, but yeah, with family treatment, but something it, like that. Yeah, that's just that's just announces that we're not doing enough. And what can they do? It was interesting. It was pointed out as we were sitting there. Andy Hart was on NBC Sports Boston last night, and he brought up a good point. You know, their post game spread, and these things matter. I I would think. 
Their post-game spread is in the concourse. Mego, you've seen it. Outside the media room and locker room behind a giant canopy that's held up with metal bars. They just have it in the hallway. It's not exactly super luxe. No. How are you going to put up all the family, friends, and et cetera of 90 to 100 players and staff? You need a big area. That might be the most opportune way to do it, but you're also sitting in the cold. So maybe things like that. And I don't know. It's not my facility. I don't understand how to do it, but you got to look at a way to bump things up. They already are working on a new weight room. We'll see if that is drastically different from the low grades they got there too. But you have to do things that move the needle a little bit. And this was done between August and November, these polls were taken. So um, all of these things are considerations for free agents. Just real quick, and if you don't know the answer, just just tell us. But what, is there an ETA on that weight room? Would that like would it be for the start of next year, or is that like a longer term thing? Su- I'd be surprised if it isn't done by next year, because as we walk along from our media area, like they have retrofitted multiple times this facility, and where we used to have a media room is now been eliminated by, I believe, weight rooms and meeting rooms, and so. The weight room, however, is under construction at the front of the building. But I look at it like, oh, it's like a good place to work out. But I'm certainly not, you know, training for an NFL game. So I don't know if it's good enough or not. But all those things, it it would seem by next year, because they've been working on it throughout, you know, I think it was a Matt Patricia baby, to believe it or not, um, that he kind of hatched the idea for what it should look like. So it's just to say it's been in the works since he was here. Okay. He is Tommy Curran. Check out his work, NBC Sports Boston, uh, Quick Slants podcast. He's on Tuesdays with Gresham Fourier. He's on here with Jones and Mego every Thursday at 3.30. Tom, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Take care. All right. Tommy Curran, as all our guests on the Harbor One Hotline. Matt Patricia designed their gym. That's probably not a bad thing. Is it not? He's an engineering guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Why? Okay. I am the peak of physical fitness. <laughs> yeah, does he look like a big workout guy? Oh, come guy? on. What do you mean, I, oh, come I on? I would trust Matt Patricia to design a gym. You would? Excuse yeah. me, there you are would? not nearly yes, enough stations Why? for dipping because condiments. Because his background is like in engineering stuff. He's so? got one of those spatial brains. Does he? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, I do. That doesn't make me feel better about their weight room. And by the way, let's see when that thing actually gets finished. My guess is it'll be done in time for the World Cup. You look like somebody who's very discerning about a weight room. I uh, trust me, as I, in but, you won't go in one. Okay, right, but like I'm not. I would never claim to design one, Mego. Like I'd never be like, oh yeah, I put together a, a weight room and what like, my weight, know, Jones? all of my insight. And people would look at me and go, Jones, you designed a weight room. That's probably a horrible weight room. It's not unfair to say about Matt Patricia. I don't. I I don't exactly think that's the guy I want designing my weight room. You know, he's not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, 617-779-7937. We'll continue with all your feedback. Jake DeBrusque weighed in on trade rumors, by the way. We'll get to that with more of your Patriots phone calls next. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 
right back to it. Jones and Mego on WEEI. WEEI. I will share with you a couple of nuggets uh, that I've heard as it relates to the quarterback position here in Indy. Number one, Caleb Williams is not everyone's number one quarterback, which surprises me a little bit. It's not even something that you hear from evaluators that he is the most far and away, most talented, no questions asked, and it's just the -the off-the-field stuff that we have concerns with. There are football reasons as to why Caleb Williams might not be every scout, every coach's favorite quarterback in this year's draft class. I found that interesting. Number two, the Bears, after having spoken to someone in Chicago, are not dead set on taking Caleb Williams. It's not a guarantee. It is not locked in. And this week will matter for him for all the reasons we just mentioned. Who are you as a person? We can see what you did on the field. We can see how talented you are. We can see even how you handle adversity in game situations. But how do you interact with other human beings? It's such a key part of the job. This will be a big week for Caleb Williams. Convince the Bears that you're worthy of that number one overall pick by how you interact with them in meetings. Phil Perry on the Next Pats podcast. You think Caleb Williams is falling, Mego? A gun to my head today, I don't. So you think he goes one? Yeah. I don't know why there's... I'm sure, like, who Phil's talking to is legit. I just... I think there's always this kind of smoke around the combine... And it'll only get more aggressive as we lead up to the See, draft. Here's why I think he's not falling, and I largely agree with that. Jones and Mego, no Arcan, Ryan Garvin in with us. We'll be joined by Mike Cadlick about 10 minutes from now for a full hour in studio. Get his thoughts on Gerard Mayo walking back comments. I mean, hopefully, Cadlick just tweeted out another friggin' SpongeBob picture and says that he's going to be here from three to four. He, yeah, he did say, I think he said the case, wrong time. He's running pretty late. Yeah, in which case, he's on an Arcan uh, type schedule. That's true. But I think he meant four to five. Um, we'll get to his thoughts on the Patriots and their quarterback plan. Here's why I don't think Caleb Williams is falling. The Bears are either going to take him at one or they're going to stick with Fields and trade the first pick and whoever trades up is taking Caleb Williams at one. That's what I think. So, like, if the Bears don't love Caleb Williams, then somebody else is going to come get him. And if Caleb Williams and his dad are doing some power play where he doesn't want to go to Chicago, like Colin Cowherd reported, and then walk back a few weeks ago, then I still think somebody is moving up to take him at number one. I just I don't think he's going to power play his way out of one. The Bears pick somebody else at one, and then he drops to the Commanders at two. I just don't think that happens. Like, maybe the Commanders move from two to one, or maybe the Giants go from six to one, or the Falcons from eight to one, or whatever. Like, that's what I think happens. The Patriots go from three to one. So I, I think he's going number one, which is a long way of saying, I don't think he's dropping into your laps at number three. You know who else thinks he's going number one? All the sports books that I'm looking at. Uh, number one overall draft pick, Caleb Williams, minus 1,600. That number has gone up since before the combine. Interesting. Started, I believe. What, who's two? Is that your estimate? Uh, it would be Drake May. What's plus the number? 1,100. For number one? To go number one. I correct. see. Plus 1,100. What's Daniels to go number one? Plus 2,500. I mean, it's not a bad bet, right? <laughs> I, I it mean, might not hit, but like at plus 2,500, that's not a bad bet. It's not a bad bet. I'm not betting minus six. Hit, I'm, not me- bet. I'm not betting minus 1,600. No, no, betting minus 1,600 is a terrible bet. No, that's stupid. That's a horrible bet. Who's betting that? Somebody wants to win a bet. <laughs> I know, but what are you going to win? Five cents? Sure. Like, I'm not, I'm minus 1,600? I'm not betting that. I'll put I'll put a crispy 10 on there right now. Uh, 617-779-7937. Uh, real quick, we're going to be joined by Cadlick in studio at uh, 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock, Cadlick. He's not in Indianapolis, by the way. I was like, is he tweeting out a time change? What's going on? I was like, what time What time zone is Indianapolis in? Indianapolis does not have a time difference. It's in the Eastern time zone? I looked it up this morning. I have no idea. Uh, I was let me... waiting for someone to text me back. 
And I was like, is this very early? Are they up there? late because they're not they're not answering me? No, I was like, it no, it's this I'm morning. I'm sorry, sleeping in late is what I meant. Yeah, yeah and because then of the I time went, change. hey, this is the same time zone. I'm confused. I'm so confused. they're just avoiding you. Time zones are stupid. I've said for years, we should all just, the whole planet should just be on one clock. And don't worry about time zones. Japan is 13 hours ahead of us. Yeah, but so it's what? It's nighttime. Yeah, but so what? Because it's dictated by they the sleep. sun. So no, when it's the... dictated by the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I'm, but you still work during daytime. You still work during daytime. We would just call it something different. That's that might all. be more confusing. That wouldn't be confusing. It's wildly confusing. Yeah, like just... over there, we go to work at 2 a.m. Yeah, right. What's so hard about that? Just adjust. I mean, I don't want to change that for the Eastern time zone. Obviously, we well, okay, got to get everybody right. else has you to still, adjust. Don't you still get into situations where Australia is literally on a different day? Yeah. Like if you're in New Zealand, you're a day ahead of, yeah, yeah, of we all, everybody. Well, we're, all, we're all at the same time on the clock. Then we then we eradicate time zones. I don't have to be confused by Cadlick's tweets. Uh, I think let me just, you get to a point where it doesn't work, though. Let me no. I I've already thought this through. I feel very strongly about this. Let me <laughs> let me hear from Jake DeBrusque, who uh, you know, if he gets traded out to Western Canada, uh, he's got to worry about a time zone change. Uh, he weighed in on uh, trade discussions, trade rumors. Here's what he had to say. You know, to the back of everybody's mind, obviously, because um, nobody's really safe. So, um, you know, it's one of those times where it's always intense and stressful. And as a fan, it's exciting and and stressful as well. So. Um, you know, it's just kind of how it goes. I've gone through some pretty uh, interesting ones, to be honest. Any, do, any do, progress? do you worry about that at all? Uh, that I have no trade in. Well, just contract. trade deadline approaching. Oh, um, and, you know, pending free agency, all that. Well, yeah. I mean, I, of course I do. I mean, I understand. I feel like I've uh, been around here long enough to to know, um, you know, how the league works in that sense of things. And obviously, there's uh, different things. Guys getting injured around the league and different stuff that kind of happens that is out of, uh, you know, normal control. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what teams are aggressive, what teams aren't. Um, but, of course, you always have that in the back of your mind. I mean, there was obviously two years ago, it was a little more intense uh, in that side of things. But I think ever since I've been here, I've been worried. I have a takeaway from that. You're not going to get your wish. He's not getting traded. That doesn't sound like a guy who thinks he's going anywhere. Now, he might not know. They might blindside him, but that does not sound like a guy who thinks he's getting traded. Does how'd it to you? you? How'd you get to that conclusion? I don't know. He doesn't sound at all like he's concerned. He's like, oh, have I given it some thought? I mean, I've always been in trade rumors, blah, blah, blah. I don't think he's getting he traded. Said, yeah, he ended it by saying, every day I'm worried about it. I know, but it, but I don't think he's any more worried today than he was yesterday. I don't think there's anything. Yeah, he's What he's telling you is, I'm always worried about it on some level, but I'm not any more concerned who this year than I have been in the past. Who is a greater chance of getting sent out, uh, him or Omark? Oh, him. I think he has a greater chance of getting uh, dealt, but I don't think the Bruins, I've been telling you this for a few weeks, I want them to do something. I don't think they're going to do anything. I think they're using this course correction as an excuse to not make any moves. Yeah, I largely agree with you. I think that's the most likely outcome, but I still maintain that he's probably easier to move than Allmark. 617-779-7937. We'll get to your feedback coming up. You got any questions for Mike Cadlick about Gerard Mayo, about the Combine, about quarterbacks? We'll get to all of that next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.